Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Before we get started, folks, it's important to know that this episode contains some strong and explicit language that may not be suitable for all the listeners. So if you've got your kiddos in the crowd, this might not be the episode for them. We thought about censoring it, but we decided we couldn't, not in good faith, because this episode is fundamentally about free speech and language. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you for tuning in. If you check the headlines or the title of your podcast before you listen to them, you will know that this is episode two of a two-part series. If you have not heard episode one, please don't delay. Click pause. Go listen to episode one. You'll want to catch up. Uh, Hi, I'm Ben. Hey, it's me, Noel, in all my microphonic glory. You sound wonderful, Thank my friend. Thank you. It's my dulcet tones. Your dulcet tones, yeah. So we had, as we said, a little bit of a technical difficulty in the first episode. Yeah, hopefully you could hear me bleeding into another mic, but it's just not as high fidelity as this is. Listen to me leaning into the mic. Well done. And Thanks, so, we have, uh, so we are, of course... Always accompanied by a super producer to help us save the show. Today, that is our guest super producer, Paul Deccant. Uh, however, we still hold a very special place in our hearts for our super producer, Casey Pegram. And a glint in our eye. <laughs> and a swing in our step. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are also joined today by our incredible guest, Wayne Fetterman, who had some incredible things to say about the history of stand-up, the storied careers of Lenny Bruce, and today, specifically, George Carlin. And without further ado, let's get the show on the road. This is this is incredible. I am still, like, <laughs> it's amazing. This all happened when I was a kid, so it's just it was just great. George Carlin, again, who was, you know, 
a beneficiary of Lenny Bruce's expanding expansion of language. And there was a number of comedians like it allowed Red Fox and Richard Pryor to speak in their street vernacular without getting arrested. You know, just like, uh, I don't know, this is the way I I talk on the corner when I'm making people laugh. I I think I can bring this on stage. But uh, Carlin was like, I don't know what indecent or uh, or means exactly. So I'm going to come up with a list of words you can never say on television. (laughs) Right. And those words, I'm going to say them right now. Yeah, please, please do. This is in order. It's shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. So that is that was the original bit of his. And he later was like, it's weird that I put motherfucker in there because I already said fuck earlier, which is a version of it. Mm-hmm. But he just liked the rhythm of it. And I just need to say this because it's very important to the whole story. George Carlin didn't want to be a comedian. George Carlin wanted to be a famous actor movie star. And his idol was a guy named Danny Kay. And Danny Kay was known for these very twisty songs and speeches where he would have high level of verbal acuity. Yeah, yeah. Just to interject real quick, I'm so glad you mentioned Danny Kay, Wayne, because Go ahead. he's uh, he is one of the actors I loved growing up, especially in the original version of uh, Walter Mitty. So uh, of course. I'm, I'm totally familiar with that turn of phrase. So that that was Carlin's sort of North Star for a while. A hundred percent. It was his North Star until he realized that he hated acting for kind of the reasons that we spoke about earlier, that he was just he didn't like authority. You know, Mm. so like if there's a director on a set telling him to stand here and say this, he's not going to like that. He didn't realize (laughs) it at the time. He was like, oh, I'd rather just write and say my own stuff, you know, and be completely free of even when he hosted Saturday Night Live, he said to Lauren Michaels, I don't want to be in these sketches. I don't want to rehearse these things. Can I just do my comedy and, you know, and bring my brain and my mouth and that'll be good. That'll be good. And he's the first host of the first Saturday Night Live in, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever, 1975, I believe. So anyway, so that's, that ended his Danny K dream. But this bit, the shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits has a certain (laughs) Gilbert, and Sullivan rhythm to it that he loved. And that was part of the bit. That's what made that, fun, as well as these words. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he did this bit on an album called Class Clown, came out in 1972. The next year, he does another album called Occupation Fool, and he expands on it, and he calls it The Filthy Words. This is what happens. There's a public radio station, or excuse me, not public radio, at Pacifica. I don't, what is that? How would you describe Pacifica? That network college, yeah, I yeah, guess so. yeah, yeah. They're certainly they're, not like a top forty, like right. They're kind of alternative for their day, mm-hmm. you know. Right, progress. I would say progressive radio station. There we go. In New York again. In New York, you know, the vanguard of progressivism, WBAI, and they're doing a whole thing about just language and the hypocrisy of language and where's this thing and so they play. Filthy words, which is kind of an expansion. He talks about shit a lot. Shit face. Thing thing. What is uh, a <laughs> You know, shit kicker and all of that. Some guy named, I can't, John Douglas. I just, I don't remember that, but I wrote it down. He hears it in his car with his 15-year-old son. Again, we're going to go back to youth. Remember that statute? Yeah. Youth and others. And he calls the FC. This is in the middle of the afternoon. They play it. And WBAI says, look, this might be offensive, but I just, 
He's just talking about words. He's just using words to talk about words and our language. So he calls the FCC, lodges a complaint. The FCC says, you're going to get a mark on your record. I think some people said it was a $100 fine. Other people said, no, I'm not sure. And basically, WBAI, Pacifica Radio, says, I'm going to sue the FCC and, and say this is unconstitutional because of the First Amendment for playing this George Carlin bit on the air at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon in 1973. Any questions? <laughs> uh, well, I think we're with you so far, but this sounds like, uh, sounds like it's about to get quickly out of control. Right. Guess what? The U.S. Court of Appeals in Washington, D.C., you may be familiar with that court. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh was just on that court. Merrick Garland is on that court. That's considered the, the highest up to the right below the Supreme Court, the penultimate court, right? Mm, yeah. They agree with Pacifica. They're like, yeah, this is it is too broad a definition of what's in, in, indecent or obscene. And we're going to strike down this fine or this mark on your record. So guess what? They bring it to the Supreme Court, and in a five-to-four decision, this is George Carlin, a ninth-grade dropout, having his words read in the Supreme Court about whether they think these words are indecent or obscene or what the difference between indecent or obscene is. And uh, guess what? The court, in a very narrow five-to-four decision, says that during the— Daytime hours, the FCC does have the right to say you can't play anything that would be considered obscene or indecent, but after 10 o'clock, you can't. Yeah, I think the, the term is uh, safe harbor, I believe, is the term they yes, adopted. Yes, that is right. Yeah. Oh, I love the research you guys are doing. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. And I just, Carlin, to the day he died, he said he always had a perverse pride in the fact that somewhere in Supreme Court, like, case law as a precedent <laughs> that his stupid routine he did on an album called you know class excuse me occupation fool is uh is part of uh, the history the legal history of the united states well let's hear a quick moment of carlin himself talking about how he feels about words and some of this love it There is absolutely nothing wrong with any of those words in and of themselves. They're only words. It's the context that counts. It's the user. It's the intention behind the words that makes them good or bad. The words are completely neutral. The words are innocent. I get tired of people talking about bad words and bad language. Bullshit. It's the context that makes them good or bad. The context. Uh, we do also want to mention, uh, we would be remiss if we skipped this part. Yeah. Not only not only is Carlin's, uh, or excerpts of Carlin's performance and his writing part of Supreme Court case law, but he was quoted alongside Shakespeare and passages from the Bible. I think in the Bible, <laughs> in the Bible they mentioned the line, they were like, oh, is, is this uh, cunt motherfucker stuff so bad? Because the Bible says, he who pisseth against the wall... So where's the line? And then uh, they also mention Shakespeare saying pissing conduits. So this became an argument. Um, it started as this, uh, again, sort of hypocritical argument about decency in the hearts and minds of the innocent and unspoiled. But it quickly became a much more, I think, a much more intelligent argument about the role of language in literature. And you know what? Good on Carlin. Yeah. He earned it. No doubt. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm still deciding whether or not we can even release this episode fully uncensored. This is a family show, technically, Wayne, right. just FYI. But uh, I think this is valuable to the point of, like, you can't censor it. Uh, and it, it almost is— uh, It would be it, hypocritical of yeah, us to do so. It would be hilariously the... <laughs> hypocritical. Um, <laughs> this is like we're caught in a loop here. Now. We are. We're yeah. allowed to talk about these words because <laughs> now we're going to be censored. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Um, no, it's true because Carlin couldn't say these words when he did The Tonight Show or talk about it that way. But when he did Chris Rock's HBO show, he was able to say the words. So it is interesting. I mean, it's still, you wouldn't want to say these words in front of a, a kid, I guess, right? It depends on the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Some kids right. have really tough, tough constitutions. My <laughs> nine-year-old who's actually here right now has been like giving us the devil horns this whole time. Yeah. Yes. She's headbanging. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> man, I don't even know. Where do we go from here? So yeah, what's next? Well, the Supreme Court case was in 1978, but really what happened in 1975 changed everything. And that's when HBO started doing these hour specials. They were called, on, eventually called On Location. And the first one was done by Robert Klein at a, a school in the Northeast. And he's a very clean comedian. But even in that special, he goes, all right, I have total freedom to say anything. Uh, shit. You know, he just said it just to say the word. And, uh, but then the next, in 1977, Carlin does, and if you can find this, this would be amazing, his first of 14 HBO specials. And before the special begins, they have a newscaster talking about, 
that this there's going to be some language on here that you're not used to hearing on television. <laughs> and then this it gets even crazier. In the middle of an HBO special, they stop the special and run a disclaimer over the screen saying the, the next portion of this comedy act will contain language that might be unsuitable for children. Please, And then cuts back to Carlin at USC, just to bring it all full circle, at Bovard Auditorium. And uh, and then talks about you know these this language and and these words and he sort of became famous for this in a way where the language and the the arrests of Lenny Bruce sort of destroyed Lenny Bruce in a way it did make him famous but he became so consumed with it and if you really listen to his act at the end a lot of times he would just read court transcripts was his act wow he was obsessed huh yes yes very much so and. You know, I don't know how much of the drugs were making him paranoid or whatever, but it's like it's very it's it's really sad to listen to him just go on and on about it. And in a way, it elevated Carlin's career. So in a short period of time from, let's say, 65 till I guess 75, like in those 10 years, it started to change. And then once we got those HBO specials, suddenly there's Red Fox doing an HBO special (laughs) where, you know, He's like, you know, I don't want to repeat the language, but it is, you know, it was graphic adult entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, and that continues to this day. Although I will say this, I do feel like there's a different kind of censorship going on now in in comedy a little bit. And Carlin talked about it at the end that he wouldn't play colleges. And I know Seinfeld won't. And I know Chris Rock, because people are so sensitive about hearing something that might be offensive. Like offensive is the new indecent in our society. Again, no one's going to get arrested, uh-huh. but you might get shamed or lose a job because of it. So, what would be an example of that? Uh, what do you mean an example? Like, like, oh, like of a Seinfeld bit, or like, or like somebody being, you know, I mean, I can think of one off the top, and this is a, a really extreme example, but that, that guy yeah. Milo Yiannopoulos, who is a alt right kind of Looney mm-hmm. Tune. Like, uh-huh. you can you can disagree with what he has to say, but technically, you know, you would like to have him have the right to say it. But he's also not doing comedy. No, he's not doing comedy. But uh, uh, he's not intentionally. He's doing not intentionally comedy. doing comedy. But he was he was banned from all these college campuses. And this is not me saying good on Milo. I'm just saying, we're talking about the First Amendment, and there are lines between like, you know, being indecent and and, uh, you know, being a supporter of violence. So the whole deal with like indecency is like, or, or freedom of speech is like, you can say what you want as long as you're not actively hurting somebody. But freedom of speech is also not freedom from consequences. No, that's also true. But I'm just wondering, like this whole PC police thing, I think that's why I brought up this extreme example, because he is an extreme example of not being PC. And I don't think this is exclusively a discussion about comedy. This is about speech. So I'm just wondering. Yes, it is. Yeah. Right. Yes, it is. And I look, I agree. Look, I'm listening very carefully to what you're saying. And I agree with you. And I don't, I'm not that familiar with Milo's stuff other than being his, in his fan club. But I know <laughs> a lot. No, I, but I, I do think it's interesting that Carlin and Seinfeld and Chris Rock won't play colleges because of how offensive might, some people might find what they're saying. Which is strange. It's not strange because you can really get, uh, I don't want to use the word bullied, but you can really get publicly shamed online in a big way if, you know, if people think what you're saying is offensive. And again, I, you know, this doesn't affect me personally, but mm-hmm. as a hist- somebody who's like interested in the history of comedy, I feel like the walls are narrowing as opposed to for so long in my life, they just kept broadening 
And it used to be like if you made fun of Catholics or something like that and they get upset, you're like, well, F them if they can't take a joke. But that doesn't exist anymore for some people who feel like you can't make fun of a marginalized community. I, that's a euphemism. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's like any of any of that. So it's I know this is off the track a little bit. I don't even know if you want to. Not at all. This, but, not at all. Not at all. But I do think it it is interesting that we've become we've sort of shrunk back to a much more like be careful walking on eggshells comedy around certain subjects that didn't exist when I was a kid. And I know Carlin said something phenomenal about it. He said that. Political correctness is, and I'm paraphrasing here, mm-hmm. insipid because it comes under the guise of tolerance. Hmm. It's like that's you're under the guise of, hey, we're just trying to make it all better for everyone. But basically what you're doing is you're saying you can't say that. Right. He hated that. It's the opposite of comedy, right? It's the opposite of what stand-up comedy well, It's the opposite be. of free speech. Yeah, more <laughs> importantly, yeah. But, um, but he knew, you know, it was interesting that he had that that side, he saw it coming, and he, he really railed against it in a big way. Do you see this trend? You know, we've, we've walked through some of the history, so let's let's walk toward the future. Do you see this yes. trend escalating, or do you think it's just another cyclical thing that will fall away? I guess what I'm asking is, do we have some more Supreme Court cases in the future, if we had to guess? that would? I don't think so, because I don't think it's about I don't think any government is is going in. I, I, it'll, I, to tell you the truth, I don't know. It all depends on hate speech is basically what it comes down to, mm. is whether you think hate speech is something that should exist or that is completely protected by the First Amendment. So, and, you know, I know you're not allowed to incite somebody. These words are so, uh, you know, amorphous. Mm -hmm. I know you're not allowed to do that. So so I don't think this is this is more about, you know, vigilante vigilanteism in speech control, you know, in the same way Catholics used to do it in the, you know, in the 40s. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville. 
right? It's- oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was, a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's such a slippery slope, too, because what about like things like dog whistle politics, where you have these uh, potentially racist speakers that aren't outright saying exactly kill kill this group of people or hurt this group of people. But they're using these kind of coded words that speak to their base or what have you. And then that's interpreted. But, you know, from a legal standpoint, you can't say, oh, he said to do this because it's all in the subtext. Again, what is incitement? Yeah. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's yes. the, the whole thought police thing where it's like once you start banning banning words like Carlin's words, sure. you potentially could ban any word. So it's dangerous territory, but it's also like, where does that leave us? I strongly feel like we should not bleep this episode. Yeah. <laughs> we just gonna have to put a really strongly worded oh, trigger I'm really warning sorry. at the beginning. I didn't know. Why did you make me say those words? No, 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 because we thought it'd be funny if you bleeped them and then said, like, do your homework. But no, we, we, we were pretty much from the start not gonna. And, yeah. and also you nailed the cadence. Oh, you gotta have the cadence. You can't just read the seven words in some sort no, of. No, like, you have to Danny K it up a little bit. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, this, this has been illuminating and I like that we're ending on a question where and the thing about this story is that it's not over now this conversation this conflict this controversy continues uh, far past the 50s and the late 40s into the future into the new millennium but that's kind of what i was saying at the top of the show where it's like you know comedy and and this kind of thing that you that you know has this the guise of like, oh, this is entertainment. This is light stuff. This is just to kind of pass the time. Yet we're talking about it in terms of like race riots and the use of language to like yeah. physically hurt people and incite, you know, these kind of crazy events that can happen and that we're seeing happen in, in the news. And we're know? talking about the freedom of thought mm -hmm. in a very real yeah. way. Yeah. And the interesting thing is this is the first amendment to the Constitution. Like think – I, they would have no idea back then, but how powerful an idea that the government shall make no laws infringing on freedom of speech. Like, that is insane that that's still, I, I just, I love those guys. Those <laughs> crazy white slave owners. Mm. Okay. Can I do a little button for the whole episode? Please, uh, please you do. You might find interesting, yeah. or if not, 
you who, who knows but when i was on curb your enthusiasm i played a character named dean weinstock and the name weinstock was named after a comedian named lotus weinstock who has since passed away but lotus weinstock and you can look her up was lenny bruce's last girlfriend full circle full circle i knew lotus too i knew her i knew i did shows with her holy smokes I know, I know. I can, you know what? This is a this is a rare moment, I think, for my co-host and I because we stopped for a second and just stared at each other <laughs> because that that is a perfect <laughs> ending. We've got to say that I, I think ridiculous historians listening now. If you enjoyed this episode a fraction as much as we enjoyed this interview, then by God, we've we've done something right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I think if you want more of this, you should check out Wayne's new podcast, which goes even deeper into the history of stand-up. Oh, it's good. It's, it's really, good. really good, and it's out there now. What are you guys, about two episodes deep? It's it's, it's like a mini-series, mm-hmm. right? It's six episodes, and we're five in. Yeah. So we're just about done. Yeah. We're just about done the first season, and then we might do deep dives in the second season, but, you know. We'll see. That's awesome. We'd love to hear this. I- I'm now. also envious of a show that has a clock on it. We just have to do this show forever until we die. It's sort of a Sisyphean endeavor. Oh. I <laughs> but thank you, by the way. This is going to be a two-parter because this right. has been so much fun, and we uh, already had like a nice even divide down the mm-hmm. middle between Lenny and uh, and George. George. Um, and this has just been a delight, man. Thank you so much for coming on, and we really appreciate you uh, diving deep with us. Noel and Ben, I got to say, it was a delight on, the, on this end as well, and I'm just glad— that the Danny K that we gave Danny K is due because he was quite, quite a comedian and a big, big influence on George Carlin. And maybe, you know, maybe we can just throw a Danny K clip somewhere in this episode so you can yeah, hear the word yeah. play. I mean, he's loaded, loaded with patter songs in there, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. Everything is tickety-boo, tickety-boo, tickety-boo. Everything is tickety-boo on such a dreamy day to do you to do Who could be a snickety-poo, snickety-poo, snickety-poo? With the sky so blinkety-blue, it causes one to say, Bless mankind, including my attackers. I'm inclined. The feeling is as a jolly well air. It's absolutely crackers. So there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to our super producer, Paul. Thanks to our super producer, Casey. And thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Thanks to our research folk, who we love dearly, Eve's Jeffcoat, and Christopher Hasiotis. And most importantly, thank you, Ben. And thank you, Wayne. This yeah. has been the best. Thank you, Noel. And thank you very much, Wayne. We are not blowing smoke about the history of stand-up. Go check out the show. I mean, you will... Look, I I think I said it earlier. I'm officially going to be insufferable at house parties. You're already pretty insufferable at house parties, Ben. That's what you know. That's why I only party in the yard. You're going to take it to the next level? Yeah, I'm going to go inside. (laughs) We'll see you next time, folks. Ciao. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. 
True story, the intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.